his goal to destroy the tall poppy syndrome. His platform, Today FM. This is Rebet Live. Call 0800 Today FM. Kia ora everybody, what's up? It is Rebet Hollis, welcome to Rebet Live, episode 309. 12.03 in Aotearoa, New Zealand, 5.03pm in San Francisco time. But it's only Friday, which means we're kicking off an apple juice maybe out or so. I hope the Saturday's going well. I'm not going to lie, team. I've been in the fetal position for the last four days, and I didn't get scurvy. I didn't get COVID again. I got some type of horrendous sickness when you have two toddlers around running the house. Three and four-year-old daughters, they gave me the they gave me the bug. But I'm very stoked to be back in the mix and uh, back at it again. Very well done. Uh, what is Rebet Live? Well, it's a show, we talk about lots of cool stuff, but at the intersection of commerce, community, and culture, and all sorts of cool stuff. Uh, if you tune in for the first time, uh, thank you for your attention. And if you, um, if we're friends or we're connected, cheers for tuning back in, and I hope this Saturday is going uh, absolutely well for you. Uh, coming up on the show today, we have uh, KP, the CEO of Institute of Directors in New Zealand, Ben Rose, the Chief Commercial Officer of Code HQ, and the host of the NZ Sales and Marketing Insider podcast. whole bunch of young marks and a whole much more, uh, which is going to be very good indeed. Very excited about today's show. Show. Should be a goodie, and we're going to get kicked off. Uh, I've got a question before we kick off. I've got a special little machine in front of me. If you text through to three nine two two zero, it will answer. And the question that I have for today is: What is the best thing or the most important thing that your mother has ever taught you? So I'll start, team. I'll start. Okay, I'll start. My mother, when I was eleven years old, she said, "Rebet, if you don't stand for something." you'll fall for anything. And I'm 36 now, so 25 years ago I got told that. And it's one thing that I've kept so close to me, regardless what I do, wherever I go, all over the world. And whether I'm right or wrong, I'm always in the spot of, you know, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. So I always make it a point to stand for things. And the good thing about today's show is we're actually going to be into a couple of conversations where we can take a stand on some things. So I'm actually quite excited about that because when you have the ability to have a platform like this and you have opinions and you have, you know, important things which are... you feel are important to get out into the world I think it's a great time where you can use a platform for positivity and for good which is why it's very cool that I'm extremely honoured to be a part of the crew here Um, Brad said I wasn't good enough to be in the first 15 but I'm working on that, we're going to be top 5 before you know it anyway, question of the day what is the best thing your mum has ever taught you text me through 3920 let's get into it Bet Live on Today FM there we go okay so unless you've been under a rock for the last four days you may have seen the board of a listed company called DGL Group whose chief executive chief executive sorry Simon Henry is uh, reported to refer to my food bag co-founder Nadia Lim as a bit of Eurasian fluff and basically this whole thing's turned into a massive gong show all over the show and so it should and one of the good things that I think has been amazing to see about this is so many women in power of influence stepping up and being like stuff this noise and actually saying something about it and mutual uh, connection with us as a friend of the show now uh, being very lucky to be joined by the CEO of the Institute of Directors Kirsten Patterson to have a bit more of a yarn about this because she had a great post welcome to the show kia ora Kirsten kia ora Robert. how are you I am Oh, not gonna lie. Last couple of days, gong show, but today I'm back at it. I'm I'm firing. So I'm, I'm, feel, I'm feeling good. How, how's how's the rugby going? I know you you're at the how's the game. You guys win. What what, what happened? 
Yeah, I just heard the top of the sports news there and I was quite tempted to um, sort of add my own sports update. So yes, uh, the 12-year-old Hutt Old Boys Marist team absolutely smashed their opposition in the first game of the season in Lower Hutt this morning. So a very happy 12-year-old Griffin Patterson um, played Let's a pretty good go. game. There you go. So um, you're the CEO of the Institute of Directors and you know it says here, you know, your vision is to be a world-class professional body at the heart of New Zealand's governance network with a mission to inspire mm. and equip people in governance to add value across New Zealand business and society. And obviously everyone's had this bit of a bit of a rack up. You had a really interesting post that came out and it got a, it got a lot of love. So maybe let's from a um, I guess a professional personal perspective, we can start there. When this first came out, you saw it and your first reaction was what? <laughs> Couldn't believe it, actually. I had to I had to reread it two or three times. Um, and sort of put it down and then come back to it two or three times later. And the fact that it was pretty blatant, right? So often we hear about situations where someone might have said something and you think maybe they got misquoted. Uh, but on this particular example, uh, this person said, you can quote me on this, and it's pretty clear what they've said, and it's entirely unacceptable. Yeah. I, I was watching it when it first popped up. I'm like, nah, he's taking the piss. There is no way in 2022 you're that much of a Muppet, regardless what business you're doing, to say something so egregious in public and not feel that the fury and wrath of humanity <laughs> and just common sense is going to come after you. So what I think was amazing was two things I saw. In the past, and I don't know if this is just uh, – a perspective from being a, a male looking at it. In the last five or so years, it's been awesome to see more women in leadership positions and women in powerful positions stepping up publicly and just throwing down, right? And it was really awesome to see a bunch of, you know, key key leaders um, do the same thing. What was your, um, you know, the, the action, I guess, has been swift. What do you think message this is sending uh, to the ecosystem right now with, with all the momentum going towards it? What message do you think this is sending? Yeah, I think there's a pretty clear message and everyone understands this is not okay, right? Like, you know, we've got a pretty um, clear situation here of somebody who's made some entirely inappropriate comments. Um, you know, there's just no place for this sort of language and these sort of behaviours in Aotearoa in New Zealand or in any boardroom. Um, the tone starts at the top and this tone's just not okay. So it was great to see um, people speaking out. I think that there's a huge um, community expectation now that actually our business leaders will speak out. You know, um, Edelman Trust Barometer did some research. 86% of the community expect CEOs and business leaders to speak out on social issues. Uh, we asked our boards that same question and what was their view. Over half of the boards agreed and said that, you know, the board and the CEO should be speaking out on these things. Um, you know, our business leaders are really visible now. They've got leadership roles and we look to them to provide, um, you know, commentary on, on what's okay. So it's been four days. The board hasn't said shit. Simon hasn't come out and said anything. So what does this say about the actual company and business itself if after this long still nothing's actually been addressed when it's clearly, uh, they're clearly in the wrong? What, what, what do you think is actually happening? Why would a company not be front-footing this and, and, and begging for forgiveness for being kooks? 
Yeah, so there's some media coverage overnight that indicates that the board has put out a, um, an apology um, and accepted that the comments are absolutely inappropriate and have expressed their severe disappointment to the CEO. Um, but then Nadia Lim herself has confirmed actually she hasn't received any apology. Turns out that the apologies being placed on the courier um, hasn't actually sort of been <laughs> made directly to her. One's you know, being couriered from goodness knows where um, to get to her. So, look, I think the board's been a little bit exposed, perhaps not had the same information that they should have had. They've had to come out um, and sort of say, or, you know, we thought the apology had been emailed, we now understand it had been couriered. So, you know, so that's another misstep. Uh, but they're in a pretty difficult situation here. And I think, so, you know, one of the things that's kind of probably important for people to note is that even though this is a publicly listed company and so therefore bound by kind of rules and expectations, and if you look at their website, there's lots of information on there about their diversity policy and how they don't stand for any inappropriate behaviour. But the reality is in this particular situation, the CEO is also the founder of the company and he's the majority shareholder. He owns it well over 50% of the shares. Um, so it's a difficult one for the board in terms of, you know, where does that power balance lie? Uh, and that's why it's really important we have strong boards so that they can provide that governance and oversight. So I was looking back through the comments specifically how then he said, yeah, on the record, and he was doubling down on it as he said it, being very well aware. Do you think that this unfortunately showed a still clearly present dark underbelly to a lot of the thoughts and opinions that exist in the C-suite when it comes to race or gender? Uh, look, I, I hope that's really not the case. Um, you know, in terms of the, the board, you know, and the CEOs that, that we get to see, they're absolutely outstanding leaders. And I think we've seen that by the number who have actually spoken out to say that's not okay. Um, and this is not how uh, we want to see, you know, New Zealand Aotearoa and, and the sort of culture that we want to have in our workplaces. Um, but, you know, it, it has highlighted some pockets of our community where we need to have a deeper conversation. So if there's any mm. silver lining out of all of this, um, is that hopefully we as a community can sort of go, actually, no, that, that's not okay. Here's the line. Um, you know, by all means, comment on the commercial aspects of the business that he was trying to comment on. But, you know, you, you just can't make these kind of comments, not because it's not okay publicly, because they're just not okay full stop. Yeah. So similar, not not similar, but say in the States with um, a Donald Sterling from the Clippers who, who came out with those racist mar- remarks that basically yeah. got him to sell the team and got kicked out of ownership. I was listening to one of the, comment, the, the um, commentators, the ex-player, and he was a bit of a legend. And he said, you know what? Him selling the team that way was the worst thing that could have happened because all that you've done is you've just put all of the the dark, nasty conversations to the to the back benches and they're going to stay hidden instead of bringing those tough conversations to the forefront. And what he was hoping would have happened, he said, look, he doesn't get to grow from this unless he gets a chance to learn through it and by exposing him to these deeper conversations. So I, I saw some of the commentary from um, you know Nadia and stuff saying, you know, actually sit down and have a corridor about it, actually, you know, chat through and actually give it a, a bit more of a chance. And we, I, I see it from both sides where... Um, you know, obviously things are, you can't just go saying stuff like that. I understand that. But at the same time, if everything's cancelled for every time someone does something, I mean, everyone's going to get cancelled. And saying that, 
it's, pr- it's, it's pretty telling when he doubles down before he sees the comment and then four days later he hasn't personally apologized that he's probably doubling down on it so who knows so how do you think what do you think that other business leaders and the business community will learn from this specifically with not only the the way it's been dealt with but also the feedback and the backlash that, that's come against it yeah, I think you're right. We've got to be really careful in terms of this cancel culture. And um, it's not about a cancel um, culture. It's about an accountability culture. Mm. Right? And accountability comes with conversations. And it also comes with reflection. It comes with growth. And frankly, it comes with apologies and a bit of maturity. Um, so I think that, you know, those are the those are the, the, the silver linings, if any, out of this particular scenario. Um, as you've indicated, you know, there's been a number of entities global women also have offered to have a conversation uh, with the CEO and the board and, and provide some perspective and, and um, you know growth for for them as well so you know I think that's a great approach but that's still got to come from you know some self-awareness um, to, to even accept that offer um, and that also comes with an aspect of humility right you've got to be able mm. to accept that hey maybe I've made a mistake here uh, and, and I think we expect that of our leaders of today don't we I think we've moved on from that sort of rock star kind of you know 80s CEO to actually expecting our leaders to be you know a lot more um, socially aware to be a lot more self-aware mm. um, and sometimes be a little bit vulnerable yeah, I I totally agree. I've got it. Before we go, I've got one last little question for you. You know, you're the CEO of the Institute of Directors. You've probably got a few little interesting mm-hmm. power power circle, little WhatsApp groups, or iMessage groups, whatever. Amongst <laughs> the secret back channel banter, what's the percentage of females in your circle that are like, stuff this guy, and the other percentages are like, let's try and help this guy? What's the what's the current read of the room in terms of the back channels? Um, so it's a great question. Um, and it's not just women, right? So, um, you know, there's a number of male leaders and, and male directors who have already come out, um, you know, publicly also through their own networks, you know, confirming, you know, the kind of cultures that they want to create and that this is, this isn't okay. Um, you know, as the, as the, kind of situation progresses and, and as the board and people respond, then people will make their own kind of personal views. Um, but I, I think there's a, there's a good awareness out there um, of how difficult these situations can be and that, you know, people can learn and grow from these if there is, um, they've got to come halfway, right? So yeah. someone's prepared to step forward and say, hey, you know, I've made a mistake. I need to do better. Um, let's have a conversation about that. Uh, but, you know, this is a business that's primarily been working, you know, um, in a, a, a B2C environment. They probably haven't had as much kind of public exposure. They haven't been listed for that long. You know, it's only sort of been just over um, a year or so. And this is a new operating environment for them. And they're going to have to get up to speed pretty quickly with what uh, modern governance is all about. Well, let's see how the next couple of days goes. Does he, you know, put out the olive branch and and get on his knees and and be a good human and and realise the, the the errors of his ways, or does he double down and feel the wrath and fury of the shareholders and and the board? We shall find out. Uh, I really appreciate uh, your time, Kirsten. Thanks so much for joining us. I know you got had the rugby on, so well done for the win and for the time on here. So absolute legend. Appreciate you. Fantastic. Have a great day. Thanks, KP. Epic. So coming up to the break. Uh, it was a great chat, by the way. So good. Very interesting dynamic to be following. If you um, have only been around a rock, get on there and check it out. Um, it has been very interesting. I think the lesson from this 
team. It's pretty simple. Don't be a duck. Don't say dumb stuff. Just be smart <laughs> and be a good human about it. Uh, coming up after the break, I'm telling you about a young buck launching the first ever escape room business in Gizzy. Epic. This is Robert, live, episode 309, here on Today FM. His goal, to destroy the tall poppy syndrome. His platform, Today FM. This is Robert Live. Call 0800 Today FM. Powers of technology, I'm halfway around the world, we're doing this, this is so great. Uh, time now for Young Bucks. What is a Young Buck? A Young Buck is a future young business leader who's making moves and doing stuff and gives us a chance to listen to some young fresh minds that are taking on the big world of commerce. And today we're joined by Tabea Walker from Gizzy. Kia ora. Hello, how are we doing? Hey, okay. Now, have I said your name right? Did I do that? Did yes, I start off on the right foot? Okay, perfect. Yes. We're, we're in there. So, uh, you've got some outside the box thinking, and you uh, basically you are clearing the path to be Tayorafiti's first ever escape room. Is that right? Is today the launch day? What's going on? Yes, the launch has just started. I can hear it outside. Um, I think we're just underway with the ribbon cutting. So, yeah, it's all good. That is awesome. So, uh, how old are you, and uh, what school do you go to? What's what's your deal? Um, so I'm 20 years old, and I've actually finished school a couple of years ago. Um, and yeah, so I'm not so, at school anymore, but I'm about to undertake a ski instructing course. Oh, there you go. Oh, straight into it. I, I, I went down the same path. Are you? Um, so let's talk about the um, the escape room. So it's the, Gisborne's first ever one. Where did this idea come from? Um, so this idea came when last year as part of Next Gen, which is the um, like the Rangatahi group connected to Taikir's Impact House. Um, and we were gifted a space in Treble Court um, to make our own and like create whatever we wanted in it. We got that through doing a mural for the new restaurant that opened last year. Um, called the Globe. So in exchange for doing that mural for them, they gifted us a space for a couple months before we got underway. Um, and we had a bunch of ideas floating around, but one that we liked was to actually open it to the public and to see what ideas they could come up with and what they wanted to see in that space. And yeah, that best idea that came along was having Gizzy's first escape room. And now one year later, we are opening having our grand opening and ribbon cutting all underway that's so amazing so uh for those that have heard of it but don't understand exactly what it is can you explain to the audience what is an escape room how does it work what happens and uh and give us the give us the 101 for those that aren't aware of what what this thing is all right so an escape room is like a small space or our one is in particular um just a cool cool room that's been really well decorated and you've got one hour to escape. You do the escaping by collecting and putting together puzzles, finding the clues that are hidden throughout the room, um, whether they're word puzzles, numbers, um, games, and yeah, collecting those puzzles, putting them together, and those often correspond to another locked door or cabinet or space. That are then, um, if you find the key to those, you get through to the next space or next um, step along the way to get out. 
and yeah, once you've collected all your keys and all your puzzles are put together, and if you do it within the hour, you succeed. And it's it's incredible to go into. I got to go in on Wednesday afternoon as part of our one of our last beta testing groups with the whole crew was there. We had the whole set up and it was just from start to finish an incredible experience. Never had anything like it. Never been to an escape room before either. So, there you go. Yeah. So is this so who would this be is it for like groups of friends is it businesses like what's the average uh, I guess you know clientele or who's, who's your target market when you're looking at the business um, I think for we're targeting everybody really like there's nothing it's not super hard so that young kids couldn't do it and it's not super easy it's a good mix so we any families are welcome, any um, businesses are welcome, like corporate groups to come through, do like team building, or if you're bringing a friend to town, um, this would be one of the best places to come and give a go at, you know? So one of the big yeah. things around um, small businesses, you know, you don't, usually don't have millions of dollars of advertising uh, budget to go around and, and, and blast out everywhere. When it comes to advertising the business, what's the um, what's the approach and the strategy being to try, letting people know about uh, the escape room, what you got going on? How, how What's your current advertising and marketing strategy? Um, for us, mostly it's been word of mouth, like the... Tiger Impact House has a huge range of people come through its doors. Um, people in the corporate and business sectors, people that work with kids and stuff. So it's, a lot of it has been word of mouth, but also a massive part has been like our online Instagram, Facebook pages and TikTok. You know, we're getting out there on different social media platforms. Um, because it's Rangatahi made for Rangatahi, um, yeah, it's just really easy for Rangatahi to use technology. It's our main source of um, information and sharing stuff. So that's been one of our big ones is just pushing things out onto TikTok and Instagram stories and sharing it that way has been one of our yeah main advertising strategies. And in terms of the business model, how does it how does it make money is it by the person by the hour like what's the uh, what's the what's the business model in terms of the, the money side of things um so so that we sort of like the the space that we've been given we're using the money that we actually make from the escape room uh to actually fund our pop-up shop that we've got in the front of it which is for our rangatahi to share their art and all the other stuff that we do. So we have a lot of artists in the front, and so those are going to play off each other um, with the money from the pop-up showing, pop-up shop going to both the rangatahi who create the art as well as funding to keep that space open. Very cool. All right, so today's opening day. Uh, it's literally open yep. as, as, we, as we speak. Uh, it's in Treble Court, first kicking off. Uh, if people want to check out the Instagram or they want to check out the TikTok or whatever, where can they go to? What can they do? Um, so we've got a couple of different ones. Our main one for the escape room is Next Gen Escape. And then for our broader, just Taiki in general, we've got Taiki and Next Gen, um, which is for our Rangatahi group. And for the Taiki Fano, we've got Taiki Impactor. And that's our three main platforms. And those, are, I think those are all the same across Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. 
Nice. Well, I'll let you get back to the opening day. I wish you the best luck for it. Well done. You know, 20 years old, starting this business, having it, you know, getting the Contra thing for the mural, starting the space, being creative with it. Now you're getting it rolling. I uh, hope you absolutely have a, a smashing uh, week and best of luck off with whatever else you get up to next. Thank awesome. you so much. Perfect. There you go. Tabao Walker, um, Next Gen Crew, Gisborne's first ever escape room. Very, very cool. Coming up after the break, I've got my business in a minute tip with you, and it's today time with Karepe McDonald. Time now is 12.28 in Aotearoa, New Zealand, 5.28 in San Francisco. Mentor. Sherpa. Counselor. Nah, just a clever guy doing cool shit. It's Rebet Live. On Today FM. There we go. Alrighty, team. I love that I have my own show and I can just choose any track I want and I just choose hip hop bangers just straight instrumentals plug walk business in a minute this is one minute to get your business going better faster this is actually a little bit about learning one of the things that I do is I don't really read that much but I always like to listen to audiobooks and there is an app this is not sponsored by the way not an influencer but I pay full retail it's called Blinkist it is an app and what it does is I get a bunch of professionals to read an entire book and they consolidate it down to its key you know five six points and then it's an audiobook in 15 minutes so if you want to get the nuts and bolts like if you know if you want to go read the whole thing and spend your weekend that's great you know you dive, you dive deep you do you but if you want to get in there and smash it out and figure out what's exactly what's up and go bam 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 like I do that's exactly what I want to know so you get a recap of a whole key book in about 15 minutes also if you want to be a little bit sneakier what I do is I put the audio onto speed 1.5 so I listen to it faster in about 11 minutes and then I just like make sure consuming the content so I know what's going on and you get collections and stuff which are available as now. This sounds like an advert for Blinkist but it's actually not um, but it's actually really really good and you can go for different um, collections if you want to talk about you know relationships, money, finance, friendships, um, spirituality, whatever you want to do. It's an app called Blinkist B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T this is not sponsored, there is no promo code, pay full retail but it's a great way when you've got a spare 15 minutes you can learn something quick instead of just listening to you know Justin Bieber on repeat for 5 minutes, you don't to do that let's move on team and that is how you get more out of your business learning today one phrase at a time Rebet's Tereo on Rebet Live from one epic track straight to another you can't beat Poirier if you've ever watched oh I just broke my voice mum I'm, I'm 35 I'm just breaking my voice uh, Karepe McDonald's joining us from Culture Flow my bro how are you my friend Kate Pai here, Kate. Kate Pai, Kate Pai, Ehoa, Pate Rungati, Yaku. Good to hear from you, Ehoa. Kia piki to ora. Hopefully, you're feeling good, Ehoa. And Tena Tato, Hikama. Good to um, be on the show today. Kote Kiwaho Te Wikine, our colloquial saying for today is Kefea Mai. Now, Kefea Mai is all about celebrating the actions or celebrating a person, okay? So, whether it be your children, whether it be your grandparents, um, some mahi that someone's done outside, uh, mowing the lawn, the aha, tirane, you can celebrate that work by saying, Kay fear my, Kay fear my, and 
like everywhere I tell people, when it comes to kiwaha, 80% of the time it's all about body language, the pitch, the tone of your voice. That's what makes these phrases, okay, everyone? So, you know, if your children come to you and there's the one student of the week, you can say, okay, feel my, it's a mighty, you're so awesome um, child or whatever it may be. So, koinei nā te phrase of the week. This is our phrase for the week, everyone. Uh, Rebet, uh, hopefully you use it with your with your daughters or your <coughs> partner, whatever it may be for. Okay, Hika, hoia no. Thank you, everyone. I'll catch you up next week. Hey, te wā. Just like that. I'll get to where he is. Te nā koe, Hika, kei whea mai. Kei whea mai. Kiwaha o te wiki, phrase of the week. My bro, Karepe McDonald, straight in there. And that is uh, Te Reo Time for this week. If you've got a question or any feedback that you've from the, the chat with KP or anything else that we've um, gone through so far, you can text me direct at 3920. It pops up. I can read it out and say what's up. And that's it. Bet live on Today FM. Rock and roll. All right. This little section is called My Three Cents. And one of the things I've been thinking about recently is the conversation, especially on the back of KP, was actually talking about uh, power. And the whole scenario that went down this last week with everyone obviously speaking out with against the CEO for saying the stuff against Nadia Lim. The bit said I'm wondering, oh, there we go. B units bringing the subscribe uh, dream in. I like it. Happy. Um, let's talk about power for a second. You know, when will these old dogs finally get it? You can't talk about human beings like that. You can't be a misogynistic old rich white prick and expect not expect the world to come and just put you in your place. It's not okay. And even more crazy is it starts to make you wonder if you're an employee of organizations where it has leadership like that, you start to think about if this, if my leader is acting like this, what does he think about me? What does he think about others? And it's putting a whole bunch more. I think to KP's point before, she is totally right. It's a new age of leadership that's showing more vulnerability, showing more openness and showing more EQ just as much as, as IQ. And look, I'm only 36 years old. I'm only, a, I'm only, a, I'm only a young pup. In the CEO game, you know, I'm a, young, I'm a young buck on the come up myself, but I absolutely am super proud that I'm seeing a unison of strong voices, especially those that are female within the space, also stepping up it as well. Because when you have that weight of that title and then you've got the bravery to go on record and be so stupid to say such idiotic things in public what else is happening behind closed doors that you're not hearing about what other conversations are going on that are super uncomfortable that may not be morally or ethically correct for a business or for an organization or the direction of where it wants to go it's stuffed up and it gets me very fired up because in my opinion when you get a position and you have a possibility to have a platform like this New Zealand doesn't move forward when leaders act like that. New Zealand doesn't move forward when humans say those type of things. It creates divi- you know, division between communities, division between organizations, division between race. And from someone that has been in America through COVID and all the chaos and carnage of riots and Trump and vaccinations and masks and whatever. Uh, and I've said it many times, you know, the United States of America through it was anything but united. And what was painful to see for New Zealand through it as well is when these lines and started coming up between the two. And that's not moving the nation forward. So I love the collection, the collective 
statement from all sorts of uh, women in power. I I feel an obligation and a duty to call out Muppet behavior if I see it. And half the time I'm a Muppet myself, but I'll usually front foot it. And it's just a really dangerous precedent to set in the ecosystem if a CEO can double down on those comments, not back down, and then nothing happens to it. Because that's, that's not the type of leadership I think that we need in New Zealand. That's not the type of leadership that I want behind a publicly listed company. That's not the type of person that I want that I'll be putting my time if I was an employee I'd be like stuff this noise I'm outies anyway that's part of my thing but why it matters too is for so long um, and it's a little mini segue off just a little bit but if you look at the the wave of um, not necessarily the pay gap but um, females in the boardroom or female CEOs and whatever else as well that's one part but when it go, it's going down the sexualization and the race card too you're just really going down places that you probably not going to win <laughs> so uh a lesson for all of us team a lesson for all of us is just really think about the words that when you're in a position of power the words that you say make a difference and they mean something they really do and if you're dumb enough to say enough stupid stuff like that then i hope the wrath of commerce the shareholders the board and everyone comes straight after you and, and you get whooped boy anyway Okay, I feel like I've got that off my chest. That was my three cents. And you notice how it's my three cents, not my two cents, because I felt like I had an extra cent to give you, trying to give you more value for nothing. Anyway, after the break, I felt like it felt good to get it off my chest there, team. Felt like just a good little, little, little vent. Um, good, good. Uh, after the break, it is Learn, Share, Repeat. The whole goal of Learn, Share, Repeat is where we uh, try and engage and talk to people who are smarter than myself, but also figuring out what are they listen to, what are they reading, and what are they after? And we, my guest for this week is Ben Rose, the Chief Commercial Officer at Code HQ. And he's the host of New Zealand Sales and Marketing Insider Podcast. We'll check out what he's been reading or listening to. Considering the fact that he runs New Zealand Sales and Marketing Insider Podcast, I've got an idea of what we may talk about, but we'll see after the break. This is Rebet Live, episode 309 on Today FM. It is 12.39 in Aotearoa, New Zealand, 5.39 in San Francisco. See you in a sec. Boy. Here we go. We're back. Thanks so much for the boomers that have been trolling me via the text. I really appreciate it. I would like to point out that anytime you troll, you give me more fuel. I'd like to, um, and I actually, but some of them is fair. Like, that's your opinion. Like, we've got one here. Uh, so you can't be an old, uh, you can't be an old rich white prick, but it's okay to be a rich old black prick. No, if he was Māori or whatever, I'd say he was the same thing. 100%. Uh, and then uh, we've also got a lot more race coming up. Here's, oh, we've got. I, I love these boomer texts. Honestly, boomers, if you're trolling about my feedback on uh, calling him uh, what I did, feel free to have a conversation. I'd love to have an open corridor about it, and we can talk about the topics or the issues. The issue I've had here is that male and leadership should not be like that. Anyway. Thanks so much, team. Appreciate that. All right, time for Learn, Share, Repeat. Uh, ben Rose is the Chief Commercial Officer at Code HQ and the host of the NZ Sales and Marketing Insider podcast. How are you, my friend? Very well, thank you. How are you doing? A-OK. I hope the Saturday is scrolling along sweet for you. What have you been up to? How's the day bubbling? Look, we're getting ready for, for Mother's Day, so I can't say too much because there might be someone listening to this, but um, yeah, it's going it's to be pretty epic. Oh, there you go. I mean, you, you hyped that you were going to be on the show earlier today on LinkedIn, so I'm sure they might be listening. So you better make sure the present is, is epic in all time. 
Yeah, I, yeah. If you if you do, if you don't um if you don't make it epic, you'll be on the couch. So learn learn share repeat. The section of this is pretty simple. We talk to people who are smarter than myself. We figure out you know what are they listening to, where are they learning from, what type of content are they consuming, where, and uh, the key thing with that is. What are they actually, where are they learning the most from right now? So, Mr. Ben Rose, uh, you know, you, you live in this uh, sales and marketing space and all sorts of bits and pieces. Uh, right now, what are you listening and learning from? So, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts from overseas. So, Diary of the CEO with Stephen Butler, that's awesome. Um, there, there, there are a lot of podcasts that talk about business kind of generically generally overseas um but not a huge amount that does it does it locally um the spin-off business is boring does it pretty well but i i sort of felt there was a bit of a gap for sales and marketing podcasts and a bit and a tech podcast so i uh, started started a couple of those one personally and one through uh, through code hq where i work there you go. So let's maybe jump into let's go let's go diary of the CEO for a second. So this is Stephen from uh, England, right? The, the, the young yeah, that's that, right. That, that so IPO this company. Yeah, yeah he's a, so he, he he founded a, a global marketing agency. So he know, he knows everyone. He's pretty he's pretty incredible. Very very focused on going really deep with his guests. So. One one of the best interviews I heard was with uh, Piers Morgan, uh, believe it or not, and he just really got down into what drives you, what's made you who you are, how do you feel when people respond the way they do to some of the things you say, what's your philosophy, and just goes really, really deep. So there are some really good episodes on there. Um, but, but again, again, a bit generic, and quite sometimes a bit hard to apply in our context. Mm. So going going local for a second, you've obviously lived in the sales and marketing space for a bit. And with the podcast itself, what's the biggest uh, insights that you've been um, getting revealed around the local market when it comes to sales and marketing? What's been sort of popping out that you potentially wouldn't have thought of before? So the, the coolest thing I think about, about New Zealand is you can get to anybody pretty quickly. So if you know how to use LinkedIn, you can send a message to pretty much anyone. So the, the kind of the caliber of people who have been able to get on the show has blown me away because people really want to share. And they, they, you know, people have got lots of value to share. And it's, you know, if you if you if you send the message and you ask, people are pretty generous with their time. So we've had, you know, like we've had Paula Bennett on there, Kevin Kenrick, Saray Avery, uh, Brianne West, and really, really awesome people, um, Peter Cullinane. So some of, some of the key learnings, I think, is a New Zealand context. One of them, and it came out when, when I spoke to Peter Cullinane, is the power of relationships, but being really deliberate about when you work with an incredible person, making sure you keep that relationship and you, you look out for them and you work again with them and you keep in contact with them. And it's by joining with really good people at the right time that you, you get some incredible success. So he, he spoke about, you know, an example was he found a for creamery and he spoke about the, the chocolate milk episode. So if you remember back when they launched chocolate milk with Whitakers, it was, it was madness. There were security yeah. guards in supermarkets and they were chartering planes to fly chocolate powder in. Like it, was, it was just crazy. And so we spoke about that and he was having lunch with founders of the Pharaoh and, um, they said, you know what would be really cool? be really good if you guys did a really premium chocolate milk. So after that meeting, he picks up the phone to his friend, Holly Whitaker, who he's worked with in the past, and he kept in touch with her and made sure that they you know, had a relationship. Holly, it turns out, had just invested in a machine 
that could mix powdered milk into milk, and sort of powdered chocolate into milk. And before you know it, a few weeks later, they're on the shelves. So, you know, the power of relationships is the, is the key thing. I think we've come through a lot of those speakers. Well, it's also the, the speed to execution after the barrier of trust is already done, right? And I think you're exactly right. The You know, I always talk about long game and chestnut checkers, but so many of the mm-hmm. short-term transactional relationships, the way people are, are thinking about, you know, deals or hustles or bits and pieces, it's never sustainable for the long term because there's no depth of the emotion to the person for actually caring about them and what they want to actually try and genuinely help them for the long term. And what I've found is, you know, and I've been playing this game for, you know, 20 years now already, I'm only 36, but the craziest thing is, is every, say, say within, you know, sales and marketing world or agency landscape, you know, within a five to 10 year period, within five years, everyone knows everyone anyway, within 10 years, you've already worked pretty much with everyone in the whole ecosystem anyway. And as soon as you come around to that next deal or the next thing, it's just one conversation to say, oh, I actually know them. Yeah, they're, they're awesome. Boom, done, next. And you get straight to execution. So that's so awesome that he actually pulled that up because I think so many people um, play the strategic game of power short term to the transactional checkers move instead of actually the long game with the, the, the actual relationships with the people because they could switch yeah. industries and go to something else. It's, it's, yeah, that's really insightful, right? It's good. What, what, what I love, what I love about the size, the size of New Zealand and the size of, of New Zealand business is that, um, if you're good, everybody will know you're good. But also, if you're bad, everyone will know that that quickly too. So there's no, you know, when you're in in the UK, so work in London, that, you know, you could you could sit someone and you will never come across that person again. In New Zealand, if you do a good job or a bad job with someone, chances are at some point in the next few years you're going to face them across the table and either be pleased you did a good job or wish you'd done a better one. So I think I think that's awesome. Yeah, totally agree. So if people want to check out the. Uh podcast where can they go to what can they do what's the best place to get it uh so the sales and marketing podcast go to podcast.nz and you will see that uh we we our link is there on the page oh there you go that was easy and then the uh the other one was uh diary of a ceo now is that a youtube channel as well or was that a podcast because i've seen some videos for that it's a podcast but he does um he does he does video as well at the same time so i think you can you can access it on youtube yeah, there you go. Um, well, appreciate you joining us. Um, thanks so much. Um, you've always, you know, always get good to chat. Good to chat, and I hope the rest of the weekend goes well. And no pressure, but you've now preclaimed how epic this present for wife is going to be. So I'll be checking in tomorrow to make sure you didn't get on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, catch you, mate. See you later. Shop, shop, brother. There you go, uh, Mr. Ben Rose, the Chief Commercial Officer at Code HQ, and also the host of the NZ Sales and Marketing Insider podcast, which is cool. Uh, some great uh, feedback coming through. Um, one of them was, hey, hey there, I'm a stale white boomer female, and your comments were exactly spot on. Jen, there you go. There you go. Hey, well, hey thanks, Jen. Thanks, Jen. Anyway, all right, uh, very cool time. Coming up after the break, it's Ask Rebet. If you've got a question that you would like to ask me, you can either ring through on 0800 Today FM, or if you'd like to text through your question, feel free to do so, 3920, and it will all come through uh, straight through Ask Rebet right after the break. So you've got about a minute or so, team, get your questions in, and it'll be answered right after this. It's 12.51 in Aotearoa, New Zealand, 5.51 here in San Francisco. I think I've ruffled a few feathers with my little comments before. Well, well done. I'm not backing down. I'll double down. If you've got a question, ask me. Have a good day. See you soon. Rebet Live. Live from Silicon Valley. The hub of the tech universe. With tips on unleashing your entrepreneurial potential. On Today FM. 
Lawrence coming through. Hi today, FM. About power. I know he's gone and overstepped the mark about nader and woman. He's got a big ego compared to Putin's biggest ego. Terribly that I hope an apology is necessary. Necessary. Watch this space. Thank you and have a good Mother's Day around the whole world. Samantha from Auckland. Oh, thanks, Samantha. Coming in. Very, very, very cool. Someone else went very uh, political and strategic. It's only a share market ploy. That's why board members rebuy into the company because they're going to have a good result. <laughs> we'll just watch the stock tank and then just double up and just long it. Oh, I see it. All right. Uh, ask Rebecca time. Uh, questions coming in. Uh, first question from Andy. If you've got a question, you can call through 0800 Today FM or text me through 3920. Ask me anything you want about, you know, uh, boomers or Putin or whatever it is. I may not have the right answer but I'll definitely give you my opinion. But at least I've told you that. I, I probably don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, we'll continue. Uh, Andy from Auckland asks, how much should you pay for a website? Oh, well, that's a very insanely loaded question. But the good answer is, is if you just buy yourself, it could be free. There's free templates that you can use from like a website, something like squarespace.com. This is not sponsored. I'm not an influencer. But if you go to a website like that, you can go to uh, Squarespace. You can choose a bunch of different templates, all sorts of bits and pieces. So now even when it comes to, you know, if you want to launch an e-commerce store and want to sell T-shirts, you want to sell whatever, you can go to uh, like a, a website like shopify.com and you can integrate it all in. Next thing you know. Next minute, you sound online and going everywhere, which is which is cool. Uh, Facebook Marketplace, you can do a similar type thing as well. But so many of the uh, tech that exists out there now is it's all templates. You can just drag and drop, change the color, do whatever you want. There's also um, uh, places where you can get free logos and stuff on site. So if you go to a website called it's got I think it's called a uh, with oomph w i t h o o O-M-P-H, and you literally say, you know, I've got a building company and I like, you know, I want hammers and nails, whatever it is. Artificial intelligence automatically can create a free logo for you as well. So if you're really, really cheap and you want it really, really free and really, really fast and really, really easy, simple one would be go to squarespace.com for that, plug in your Shopify, go get your free logo from Withump and you're off to the races. You're welcome. Uh, if you've got a question, feel free to call through, text through, whatever. Um, next question is from uh, Peter in Auckland as well. Have you got any rules around the ideal length of videos to be on certain platforms? Okay, so you're creating content, you want to put it out. One of the biggest, one of the most interesting things in terms of data consumption, which you may or may not realize in the last uh, little bit, is the insane growth of say specifically like YouTube clips TikTok everything else shorter form is winning even more so there are like 7 second audio clips which are going viral on TikTok just by putting like some type of frame over it with this thing it's getting shorter and shorter unfortunately it's like we're becoming like little goldfish it's like every five seconds, like next, 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 next. And we are just like driven to this dopamine hit of con consume, consume, consume. So uh, the answer at a macro would be shorter. Shorter is better. But in saying that, there's also others which are going super, super deep, long form the other side with like multi-hour long podcasts and stuff which they're putting onto Spotify as well. So if you're wanting to do something like that, you can go to a website called anchor.fm um, and you can just upload your little podcast and go everywhere, including like YouTube, um, iTunes and um, everywhere does that all as well. So um, depends on what type of content, but also just remember that storytelling is always going to win. Always going to win. I mean, you watched Game of Thrones on a, you know, illegal stream on a four-inch iPhone for, for years. If it's a three-hour episode, you're watching that. Um, someone just texts through. They said, hey, bro, what was that free logo site? It was called With, With Oomph. So one word, W-I-T-H-O-O-M-P-H. 
I think. It's like two O's in the middle with oomph. Um, and it's free, totally free. It uses artificial intelligence. Uh, this is not sponsored, once again, not an influencer, but you can get a free logo for whatever. And I've also used it for little fun things that I've, I've done around as well. So that is um, that is the uh, logo for the free website. So cheers for texting in. Hey, good again, some texting. Hopefully trying to add some value for your day. Um, and then last one here before we get to the top of the hour is from... Uh, from Ben from Monaco. Uh, kia ora. Firstly, I want to say thank you for creating your book. It has been life-changing. Oh, thanks, Ben. Appreciate that. Uh, question. Would you have any other recommendations for a book that added any value in the way that, uh, yours has to me? So, um, uh, tech just came back. Cheers, man. Keep up the great work. My man. Appreciate it. Um, yes. How to Win Friends and Influence People from Dale Carnegie. There's an amazing, great book. It's an old school, but it's a goodie. That is 100% what I'd be doing. Coming up in the next hour, Kiwi TV legend Jason Gunn talks about LinkedIn, content, a whole bunch more. Incoming Reserve Bank Chief Economist Paul Conway and more. Senior team. His goal, to destroy the tall poppy syndrome. His platform, Today FM. This is Rebet Live. Call 0800 Today FM. This is the top of the hour, 103 in Aotearoa, New Zealand, 6.03pm, but it's Friday here in America, but you know, technology, world, life. Uh, coming up this hour, Jason Gunn's up next, Joe Carter from his Tall Poppy profile, Mr. Paul Conway, the Chief Economist for the Reserve Bank, and also the bro, uh, Bruce, Bruce Pilbrow. Bet live. On today, FM. There we have it. The man who's about to join us now is a legend in the TV and radio industry. Without further ado, I'm just naming it, and everyone already knows who he is. Ladies and gentlemen, Jason Gunn. How are you, mate? Well, I mean, I mean, I want to thank you for that. I mean, I, I get nervous when I hear the L word because, I mean, I just, I'm scared it could be downhill from here. You know what I'm hey. saying? It's like this interview. So, you know, one of the big things that I am um, uh, a big believer on is, is long game. Now, you will not believe this, Jason, and you probably won't even remember this, but okay. 20 years ago, you were Here running we a show called jesse.com. And yes. you, yes, you were. And you hired an actor for two days to come in to be Antonio the Italian Stallion that was going to be the love interest of jesse.com yeah. that person my friend 20 years later was me <laughs> you shut your mouth are you joking me I, I have waited so long to tell you that and i wanted to do it on air because i was like oh. i wonder if he even remembers you had me in a turtleneck i was I had all sorts of stuff and it was and and i will give it all honesty it was one of the best things i ever did because and this is the honest truth the money i used from that paid for gas money for me to get to Queenstown so I could go snowboard at the South Island Regional Snowboard Champs, which I then qualified for the Nationals, and then I became a professional snowboarder. I'm not saying that you were the genesis of it, but by golly, you pretty much, I I owe my entire uh, professional career to you, so I just want to say thank you, Mr. Jason Gunn. Well, I want to thank you, and do I feel, yeah, do I feel like I own a bit of your success now? Absolutely I do. Um, That is incredible. You know, isn't that just so New Zealand? I just, I just love this, that we are all linked somewhere, right? I just, I just, and that is one hell of a story, and I love it. So when we're finished here, I'm going to go back, find the tape, and look at it and go, well, didn't he do well? Didn't he do well? 
Who knew? So, so I found the footage and I have it on my phone and I've only showed two people and it is by far some of the most chaotic. I mean, I'm 16 years old. I'm, I'm for ruckus. But anyway, I just wanted to start off with a bit of two decades later. Wow. I appreciate wow. you. I know exactly you helped a big part to get me where I am. So thank you for that, for the acting career for my two days. And I've, I've never acted since, but hey, here we are. Uh, you don't need to. I mean, you tick that box. You did it. Move on. Next thing. You know, professional professional sports player. I mean, that's, you did that. That is incredible. Thank you for sharing that, brother. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I've been, I've, I've, I play the long game. I've got so many of these amazing stories with other humans, <laughs> and I just, I'm going to wait decades to then bring them up. But today was one I, I'm pumped. 20 years later, <sighs> we did that. So I want to get in, into this. You, I think you're one of the best um, communicators verbally and visually. And one of the things oh. we wanted to get you on here, especially for New Zealand stuff, is you're extremely passionate about, you know, being, you know, communications coach your founder of easily said you're um you know you're, you're a big driver to help you know others sort of tell their stories and stuff maybe let's start yeah. here what do you think is the biggest thing that people don't think about that really matters the most when it comes to trying to tell their story or put themselves out into the world what do i miss i don't think they think about the person they're talking to enough like who are they where are they at what do they need what is their problem how I how can I help like I think too many people think they are the star of the show whereas we know well no you're the guide of the show the star of the show is the person you're talking to so let's just let's just make sure we understand that but yeah what what is the problem that I can help solve I mean what, what, what why do this I see so many people make videos and I'm like you know what you probably could have just sent an email you know, there was a, mm. a lot of information there. And the other thing I would just stress is not enough of it is from the heart. Like a lot mm. of facts and a lot of figures that make me feel something. My favorite phrase, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. That, that to me is just everything. If you can remember that, go forth, you'll be brilliant. You were saying there in that thing, you know, too many people are out there talking at me instead of talking with me. What percentage yeah. of people do you think are creating content that they, when they're trying to tell their story of themselves, their business, the organization, are talking at people, not with them? Can't put a number, but I'd almost say most. I just yeah. Let's be honest, we, we are in a, just every day, the information we get sent, and we, we've become quite savvy now. We can... We can smell a bit of a sale, a dodgy sale coming a million miles away now. We, we know, oh, right, here comes a video. You want to give me some free advice, but wait, you just need my email address so then you can hit me up with 25 emails over the next 10 days. So we, we, we know how the system works, right? So my thing is, let's go back to what you said. Let, let's just play the long game. And I just think what isn't out there enough is people in our lives that appear to, it's a crazy idea, but they actually appear to give a damn, you know, mm. and they're actually, they're going, hey, we're in it. Like I learned when I first started Easily Said, okay, I'm not going to make you a better communicator overnight. I mean, I do believe anyone can become a great communicator, but, you know, there are certain skills you'll need to learn and try and try again so it is to quote you all about the long game the 
you know, you talked about they get the email and you get the 25 thing. This is just that wave of funnels, right? And there's these waves that come through. And and you're probably similar to myself where you'll sit through, you know, LinkedIn, whatever, and you scroll through enough. Mm. And you can see the kind of the the mass organic tech or the, the tactics which is like the hottest thing right now like cool boom 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 here's my free one hour webinar then click on through to the next thing yeah. blah, blah. here's the free <laughs> thing like it becomes very formulaic to the point where by the time you're actually seeing it those that are actually ahead of the game they're already onto the next sort of wave of you're of so whatever, right, right? You're- yeah you're so right. And the thing is, at the moment, I'm getting inundated with the idea that, I mean, I have a couple of online courses, but, you know, they certainly, there is room for improvement. Now, I'm getting inundated with everyone telling me, you know, Jason Gunn, Jason Gunn, you need to be making more courses. So making courses is what everybody is telling everybody to do. You know, I I just think it comes down to the basics. I think video is such a powerful medium, but I just, I will always say, just use it wisely. Let's say like talk with me, just, you know, just imagine you're just talking to one person. I don't want to see someone say, hey everybody, good to see you all. It's like, let's imagine this is a one-to-one conversation, you know, and that you actually do give a damn. Um, and speak from the heart. I have this, and I won't bore you with this, but I have this little formula for communicating with confidence, and it's just the word heart. Well, it's it's heart. The H is for heart. Like, you've got to talk from the heart. You know, facts and figures are great, but when I can see that you care, I'll start to care. The E in heart is for empathy. Understand who you're talking to. Understand where they're at and, you know, what are they going through? You know, who knows? Today's audience is different from yesterday's and tomorrow's. A is for authenticity. Just always be you. There's a lot of people out there trying to be that other person they saw online. You and your stories are just unique and can be more inspiring than anybody else. The R is for reassurance, which is everything, right? Dude, you're just the master at this. Let me know how it's going to be okay. Give me a bit of a roadmap. Reassure me you've seen this before and reassure me it's fixable. And the T is a bit of a cheat. It's tell. Tell me a story. You know, storytelling is, it's it's, it's an overused word, but it's an underrated thing as well. It's like storytelling's how we connect when you tell me of a situation where this has happened before or and how did that make you feel take me back somewhere relive that moment with me if you can use that heart formula i guarantee the difference you'll see in 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 whatever you're selling an idea a product will be extraordinary I, I love the simplicity of that, but there's there's also this other part I wanted to ask on top, Jace, around this concept of bravery for those that are creating to put themselves out into the world. And so many people that I've talked to when it comes to content have such an insane level of anxiety and fear around being on camera or talking to the thing and, yeah. and, and becoming robotic. And, or, and weirdly enough, when I've looked through the ratio of video content specifically, say on LinkedIn, what I yeah. see on my feed, all of it feels about 80 to 85% male. And so much of the thinking I know exists comes from both sides. Is that something that you've, like when you when you deal with people that are fearful or, or whatever it is as well, how do you sort of navigate that big pitfall when people are so, I guess, 
afraid to put themselves out there and be, I guess, be to be judged, to be vulnerable, to show That's their the flaws. To, Rather, that, yeah. that is the word. <clears throat> I always say to people, you've got two things going on. A natural fear of public speaking and speaking. Where does that come from? Generally, school speeches. Anyone who says to me, I hate getting up to speak. I say, how was the school speeches? Their eyes just glaze over. I'd rather not talk about it, Jace. So we learned so many bad things, didn't we? We were given a subject we just didn't care about. We were told it had to be three minutes. So when it was 3.30, we just, Mum, Dad, we need to lose some words. We were taught that people that knew their speech off by heart and didn't look at their cards, they won school speeches. We were taught that when someone like Jason Gunn talks and is funny and the classroom laughs, that's what makes a good speech. Where, of course, all of that is wrong. And now we get on these cameras, these Zoom calls and these videos, and we're like, well, hang on a minute, it's all of that, and now... It's, it's there for the world to see. So mm. what I remind a lot of people is that, you know, we, we're talking to our kids and our loved ones and, and business partners and friends on FaceTime and doing different calls. It's just, you know, it's, it's, just, it's just breaking down what you think it is as mm. opposed to what, it, you know, and, and what it really is. Uh, and that's why I always just break it down. It's just a conversation with one person that this camera is just capturing. It's not mm. you having to become a TV presenter. Don't become something you're not. The camera is just there to capture you. Mm. Yeah, well, every time I look at a camera, I just think of it's like a, it's just a, I think of it as a, kind of like a mate. <laughs> I'm just looking at like, looking at You, you a, do. A mate. You're, mate, you're, yeah. mate, you are extraordinary at that. I mean, I'd put that back to the jesse.com days. No, you are <laughs> extraordinary. You are extraordinary at that. And, and that's it. Like, who are you talking to? I always say before you make a video or do something, just sit down and ask yourself, who are you talking to? Who is this person? Mm. Who could we imagine it is? When I made some terrifying shows like Dancing with the Stars, you know, I, I, I just thought I am not worthy. I too suffered mm. from imposter syndrome. So you've just got to think. And I remember the first Dancing with the Stars show, I'd, I'd recently lost my dad, sadly. So I just thought, I'm not going to, I don't get this dancing show. I mean, I'm not a dancer. I've been described as overly Caucasian when it comes to dancing. So it's like, who am I to be hosting a dancing show? So I just came down those stairs and I just talked to my dad. P.S. the rest of New Zealand got to see it as well. So find someone that you want to tell your story to or sell your idea or sell your product to. And the rest of us will just be lucky enough to see it as well. Yeah, it's a really good good way to sort of think of it. One of the um, other parts I'm thinking in terms of the fear thing around getting humanized is, you know, if you look at the platforms and what happened with the like emotional shift of say, Instagram got so polished and perfect and fake, and then TikTok came along and you're in your pajamas doing dances in the kitchen, it really humanized it and and made it a lot more flat to go all the way the other way to just a bit more fun and simple and authentic and real and kind of it was great and that's one of the best things i don't think tiktok gets enough credit for is how it humanized and took away all the you know the 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 perfected you know polished lives of instagram and it actually went to like here's me my friends doing something fun and here is us being human and here is us living and and i think that's kind of helped a lot more people actually put content out and, and get part of it too right I agree. It's that realness, isn't it? That getting back mm. to that A word, that authenticity. You know, I, I, I coach a lot of individuals and, and business teams, and one of the most powerful videos I'll say to a lot of, you know, CEOs and, and, and team leaders is I'll say, look, you know, just pick up your phone somewhere. Maybe it's first thing on a Monday morning and just, just 
talk, say, hey, look, hope you've had a great weekend. This is me getting in the car and I'm, I'm all set for a brand new week and I'm just so grateful for what we all do as a team. I hope you've had a great weekend and here's to a great week ahead. That is 15 seconds of your life and I can see it's all handheld and it's a bit rough, but it's you raw and real and it's a side that, it's a side of you they don't get to see because they're used to yep. seeing you in the boardroom or, you know, in, in wherever. Um, so if you can let people in to a little bit of that realness, that's who people want to work with and work for, isn't it? That, funny you say that, Jason. It's exactly what um, Craig Hudson from Zero would do in his team uh, private Slack channels. He'd do um, quick video updates of like him in the backyards with his kids or whatever, doing a quick little update yeah. and some pieces, just humanising and taking away the this big shell of ivory tower corporate stuff. And it's him in a t-shirt communicating his viewers to his mates. It definitely makes such a difference. So um, I want I've written anything here. You've got heart, heart, empathy, authenticity, reassurance, and then tell a story. I love it. Yeah. Honestly, take that formula. It doesn't matter if you're talking to one person or a thousand. It doesn't matter if you're talking online or in person. It's just, you know, and before you talk, have a couple of minutes to yourself and, and talk yourself through all of that. Ask yourself, why am I here? What is my desired outcome? You know, I always say, what do you want them to know? What do you want them to think? And what do you want them to do when you're finished? If you don't know that, don't push record on that camera. I get it. Well, we think you're awesome, Jason, and thanks so much for, oh, for joining us. And, and thanks for 20 years later, I coming back to Gone Full <laughs> Circle to give props where it's due and give you your flowers and your roses on a day that's duly deserved. So I appreciate Thank you for my two days acting. I paid for that gas money, and I was off to the races. So I appreciate you very, very, very much. Oh, mate, and I'm so footage. proud of what you're doing, seriously, on multiple platforms. Well done to you, man. Awesome. No, Appreciate it, bro. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. Much love, bro. And I'll, I'll see you when I'm back in New Zealand. You too. There you go. The bro, Jason Gunn, one of my first employers 20 years ago. Not many people knew that story. The danger now is I'm going to get pressure to release the footage of me as a 16-year-old actor, and it is so chaotically humorous that it's dangerous. Anyway, this has been Rebecca Live, episode 309. Hope the day has gone awesome. Still more to come. We'll see you in a sec, team. From San Francisco. And streaming now on Facebook Live. It's Rebette Live with how to turn your passion into profit. On Today FM. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. All we do is win. I love it. Why do we play this track? It's very simple. We want a profile around Kiwis that are doing good things. Hands go up. And they stay there for the tall poppy profile. Profiling Kiwi companies doing good things. And I'm joined by Mr. Joe Carter from the Ironclad Panco. What's up, brother? How's your Saturday? Hey, Robert. I'm pretty good, my man. How are you? I am rolling, my friend. So you have the only cast iron cookware made in Aotearoa, New Zealand, with a three-generation guarantee, and I saw a little trademark on top of that, so we can talk about some trademarks in a bit, and um, it's and you're excited to talk about sustainability, profitability, handcrafted things, and more. So, what is the iron, cla- how did this happen, what is it, and it sounds aggressive, and it sounds extremely heavy. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> yeah, cast iron's good, so notoriously heavy, um, but that's because they last so long. Um, yeah, we started just over two years ago, all three of us co-founders have been working in advertising, marketing, creative industry for many years and decided to venture into making a product. And essentially it needed to pass a six-year-old test, you know? Would it be good for them now? And would it be good for them 
in generations to come. Um, and so Kate, my co-founder, had a look in her cupboards, saw all of these old pots and pans and thought, well, let's make one of them. Um, and we realized no one else was making them in New Zealand. And after, I don't know, maybe six, eight months of product development and research and sleepless nights and multiple phone calls to multiple foundries, uh, we found a partner in Avondale in Auckland that could help us make them. And at the start of the pandemic, we launched. So launching a business in the pandemic, how was that experience? <laughs> Manufacturing, supply um, chain, making like, talk, talk, me, talk me through that process because it's a very brave time to be starting companies. Well done you. So the, I mean, it's, it was a tough time for everyone personally. For the business, um, we discovered that people had a little bit of extra disposable income because um, they weren't traveling, they weren't doing all the things that they normally do. And there was this kind of return and real resurgence of supporting small locally made businesses. Um, from a business perspective, the beauty of making things in your backyard is you have complete control over the supply chain and you're not relying on other companies for imports and exports and multiple parts and things. So we actually had access to the foundry, um, more access to the foundry that we were working with than we would have done if we didn't launch in a pandemic because a lot of their other work slowed down. Um, so it was a healthy time for us to launch and I think we did one Facebook post in the New Zealand Made Products Facebook group that started at a similar time and 130 pounds was sold overnight and we got some traction and momentum from there. So maybe as well if everyone was locked up at home maybe they've got time to do some cooking and then when they're looking through and it's Aotearoa's uh, you know only cast iron cookware it probably did well too uh, talk me through the model is it B2B B2C direct to consumer online like talk me through the current how you're currently selling it what's I guess some of the, the, the tech back in and, and how you're kind of dealing with that whole thing in terms of sales and distribution yeah so I mean obviously making things in New Zealand isn't cheap um, so we wanted to pass as much of the cost savings on um, by not working with too many retailers and having your margin squeezed um, through direct-to-consumer channels. Um, so we just have a Shopify backend in New Zealand and now in Australia as well. Um, and we're predominantly direct-to-consumer, um, but that's it. We've had a number of different retail partners and loyalty partners get in touch with us who kind of align with our values around sustainability and craft and, and family. And so we've got a selection of 25 plus retailers in New Zealand um, and then working with, you know, airpoints and flybys and all the loyalty programs here. And then, yeah, we've just launched in Australia a couple of weeks ago with Australian made cast iron cookware, again, that kind of local production model. Um, and we're just onboarding a few retailers now as well as direct consumer. How how heavy are these things? Like how big, how heavy? It just I've seen some photos, they look aggressive. Looks like they cook some solid bacon very well. Like let's let's like how 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 heavy are these things? <laughs> so the legacy pan, which is the twenty eight centimeter bottle, is two point seven kg. Um, Kate's, <laughs> Kate's mum has got arthritis in her wrist um, so we designed a front grip um, so that you could lift it up with two hands um, it kind of changes your style of cooking as well you're not like lifting it up and moving it around all the time you're just leaving it on the hob or in the oven or on the barbecue and, and letting it do its thing and then we have a smaller little legacy which is 20 centimetres and a couple of weeks ago we launched the only Dutch oven made in New Zealand 
um, which is a four and a half litre pot with a lid and you flip it over, it's a bread oven, you can use a lid as a separate skillet, etc. So that's been about 18 months in the work works, but that's the big boy, that's one, that's about 3.7 kg, so yeah. Man, these things anywhere. sound like weapons, uh, like thieves aren't stealing these things, I mean, it's, it's awesome. So if, um, if people want to check out, uh, where, where can they, what's the website, where can they go to, where can they buy it, where can they see the, the danger of these flipping 12 kg baking cookie machines <laughs> I love it I'm so into in, it. New, in New Zealand just ironcladpan.com and then in Australia ironcladpan.com.au okay there you go ironcladpan.com hey really appreciate your time um, big ups for you uh, brave launching through a pandemic awesome to see the um, the split between the B2B and B2C side and uh, great to see the community backing more Kiwi businesses so good on you man well done Joe Thanks for having us on, Robert. Appreciate it. Of course. Of course. Game on. All right. That was Joe Carter, the uh, CEO, founder, and man behind or par- partner of the Ironclad Pan Company, Panco. Uh, man, dude, can you imagine like a four K, three kg? I'm into it. I want to. I want to get one. All right. Send me one, Joe. No pressure. That can be sponsored, by the way. You can send it to me. I'll, I'll cook some bacon. Let's see what happens. Uh, coming up after the break, we have uh, Mr. Paul Conway, the new. Chief Economist for the Reserve Bank of New Zealand, and Bruce Pilbrow, the CEO of Spirit of Adventure. This is Rebet Live, episode 309 on Today FM. His goal, to destroy the tall poppy syndrome. His platform, Today FM. This is Rebet Live. Call 0800 Today FM. hates this song but I absolutely love it because he's money 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 it is the chief economist for the Reserve Bank of New Zealand finally he started this week he's back into a job welcome to the show my friend how are you g'day Rebecca I'm great I'm excellent thanks good to be uh, back in the workforce Oh mate, you, you you couldn't stay off off the off the paddock too long, mate. You had to jump back in the mix. You had four weeks yeah. off finishing at the BNZ. You got a nice little case of it wasn't scurvy. You got some COVID for a couple of weeks. You've you've back, oh, back yeah. up. You've had some uh, some uh, online meditation retreat stuff. You've got your, your smoothies back in the game. Your head space yeah. is right because you've been you've been lining Absolutely. up for this week to walk through the doors like Ari Gold rolling through and just steamroll into into the uh, Reserve uh, Bank of New Zealand. How has yeah. week 1 been A back in employment and then B yeah. what you've got ahead? Oh, look it's been excellent. I've had a, a great week. Can I just Rebecca, take a little minute to say that this is my first interview as Reserve Bank Chief Economist, oh, which is Let's a big go. I don't know if interview is the right word because we've been doing this for a while now and it sort of feels like chatting with a good mate two beers in, but it's my first time on the airwaves as Reserve Bank Chief Economist and I'm very happy that that is talking with you on Rebet oh. Live. So so thanks, as always, yeah, Rebet, for having me. Mate, I, I'm 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 proud. I'm privileged. I'm stoked that um, it's it, we're very sure. lucky that yeah. I just get pumped that you're in a position that has influence of positivity for New Zealand. I'm in a position where you have a platform to help communicate so much the ideas yeah. and the relatability of the mainstream stuff, which. I think we both believe the majority of Kiwis are too either afraid to talk about or don't understand it mm. and they don't know how to engage with mm. it and they see it too much of as a ivory towery whatever I'm just not going to talk exactly. about it, opposed to us bringing it yep. to the forefront. So well done yep. you I'm very I feel very honored my man Paul well done. So oh, let's get into it. Like how's that. how's week 1 right. was it go let's My go. week. Well 
Like last Saturday, I talked about feeling like a little kid uh, heading off to school for the first day with my new backpack on. Yeah. Uh, and this week, seven days later, it's sort of, I don't know, I felt like a, a kid in a candy store has been the, the, the theme of the week. So many uh, interesting issues and sort of thought streams going on uh, at the Reserve Bank. I sort of feel like I've just been plugged into some amazing, you know, important streams of work. So, you know, it's been a great, Week. But can I can I just start with the the people yes. uh, there and my team? So really engaged. We've been having some really genuine conversations. Sort of you know no agenda, just talking about purpose, uh, why we're all into it, what we, what we want to get out of it. Uh, I've got a, a lot of young people in in my team, so there's a good youthful buzz to the place, which I love. So I guess uh, you know young and onto it was sort of the first things uh, that I noticed. Uh, as in, as in, really onto it. Uh, so lots of smart people, uh, which has been awesome. I, I did have one sort of, uh, you know, oh my goodness moment where my heart rate sort of shot up a little bit, and I was walking around going, oh man, I have to direct all of this, and the sort of, you know, the weight, the enormity of the responsibility that I feel sort of weighed on me. But I just sort of breathed through it, and yeah, no, I, I've been psyched. I've been super into it. It's been a wonderful sort of induction first week, and you know, without wanting to sort of um, sound arrogant I just feel like I'm the right guy uh, in the right place at, at the right time it's been awesome now there's there's a difference between arrogance and confidence and when you know your skill set and you know you're at the right place for the right time it's usually usually yeah. the latter so um, good on you mm. so maybe obviously mm. you know and obviously now that if this is your first official uh, you know, interview as uh, Chief Economist of the Reserve Bank of New Zealand. I, I also might say that any, you know, I've got to give you a little disclaimer just so in case, because I can guarantee you there's going to be all sorts of HR and legal and whatever potential implications. Anything you say is just your personal opinion or my opinion yeah. and not necessarily those of the Reserve Bank. So no one, um, please. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, basically, we like want a conversation. We don't want to get in trouble. Basically, we're trying exactly, to get in trouble. Exactly. 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 <laughs> I should say the Reserve Bank's into it. They like me talking with you because they go. want to talk to New Zealanders. You know, but there are people people that sort of listen to what a central bank chief economist talks about to try and figure out in detail where interest rates are going to go and all that yeah, sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah. So so any, like my disclaimer, Rebecca, is that any sort of detailed questions on the economy, uh, any answers that I give are going to be based on published positions that the bank has already put out there. So I'll never sort of talk about an evolving view uh, from within the bank that hasn't been, been published. And, you know, we talk in general terms, interest rates are likely to go up or house prices are likely to soften. You know, that's yep. not going to move markets. Um, you know, and I, I, I like talking about my personal experience of being in the job, you know, to the extent that that's interesting and that certainly isn't going to uh, move markets either. But yeah, well, uh, there's my little disclaimer. No, it's good. Well, I want to actually touch on a point, though. Don't you think it's pretty awesome that in 2022 you're, we're, I guess, both at a spot where those who we work with trust us enough to have the right conversation because they trust us as humans to navigate those things instead of trying to um, red flag up everything. And that actually opens up more conversation for more ideas and perspective instead of um, handbrakes yeah. everywhere not to actually have not to have communication or not to try and have different um, uh, points of view or, or things for people to, you know, put ideas that they can even think about. So I think that's, um, yeah. I guess, a testament to the fact of, you know, the trust for the job to be able to kind of humanise these kind of conversations. So yeah, without getting into, I guess, too much of the details of it, when you... At a macro view, if you're looking at like a bit of a, let's say like a top three on your hit list with where you put mm. the, the majority of your attention is going to go in the mm. next 100 days, 
where does your headspace go to? Right. Uh, there's sort of uh, some business, like we've got a, a monetary policy statement uh, coming up in a few weeks. So that's a, a set piece that the Reserve Bank does every three months. It's sort of where we talk about our view on where the economy's at uh, and what interest rates are going to do. And, and, you know, we might choose to put up interest rates or put down interest rates or up. There's a bit of a theme at the moment. Uh, and we sort of announce those decisions. And the objective of all of that is very much to get inflation uh, back in its box. So, you know, inflation, we, we really don't like it. It's, it's a thief. It's kind of a cross between a pay cut uh, and a tax on savings. So, you know, I'm very much focused on getting that first NPS out, although we do them every every three months. So in terms of the first 100 days, there'll be, there'll be three of them. Uh, and, yeah, focused on getting inflation, you know, into the Reserve Bank's band, which is between 1% and 3%, is currently 6.9%. Um, so we really just want to lean on that and get it get it back to where it needs to be. But we, we do that in a way that sort of avoids unnecessary volatility uh, in the bank, in the in the economy. So we sort of talk about bringing the economy in for a, a soft landing. You know, you want to control mm. inflation, lean against that, but don't crash the economy uh, in in the meantime. And uh, once we've got that, you know, it'll be all about sort of creating the conditions for, for sustainable, non-inflationary growth uh, going forward. So, you know, there's a big challenge in all of that. I think there's a lot of economic skill and wisdom required to sort of pull that off uh, over the next little while. Um, but we'll do it. You know, this is bread and butter for, for central banks. We're totally up for it. It's uh, a challenge that we will absolutely meet. So I was going to um, ask here for a quick sec. Obviously now, um, you know, the, the borders are opening up. Tourism's starting to kick back off. Dollars are starting to flow around. People are starting to move logistically. There's a lot of, I guess, mm. energy in the business sort of space rolling around. I don't even want to guess how big the spreadsheets are that you guys work with at the Reserve Bank, but I can imagine there's probably a lot of interesting scenarios you'll have to navigate with uh, balancing, I guess, growth the economy with as the world opens up too like how do you kind of like how many other yeah. different ways of models you think it think about we have to i guess think about in terms of like well tourism is going to do this and this, like all these pit in hospitality yeah. and bits and pieces like the like just talk me through i guess how you kind of approach navigating all of it when there's mm. so many i guess moving parts right because i was just literally thinking yeah. about tourism and hospo and i was like oh geez it's, it's changing yeah, every day yeah. right yeah, yeah. Well, we've we've moved on from spreadsheets. That's the first thing. <laughs> okay. So these people I work with, like they, you know, are weapons to use your word. Yes. They're, they're just awesome, and they've got, uh, you know, they use MATLAB. They use very sophisticated econometric techniques, and we've got a wealth of data. Uh, you know, not just sort of official data out of StatsNZ, but um, you know, micro data that's coming out of the private sector. So about about people, about individuals, about businesses, mm. and you. You know, we've got a bunch of models that we run all that through, and you know that's that's great. That's really important. Um, but you know, it's really, this, this is about people, so it's not physics. So there's kind of one expression I really like, which is uh, all models are wrong, uh, but some are useful. And that you know, they're not going to tell you exactly what is going to happen, but they are useful. They sort of. I don't know, they account for your judgment. They sort of make sure that you don't try and get away with something. Everything has to be sort of internally consistent, um, you know, and they're just a, a really good way of keeping track of, of, of where the economy is, is at. Because as you say, it's an incredibly complex beast. So essentially, 
uh, all this modelling work that we do, it simplifies it down and gets it to a place on the page where we can talk about it and sort of put a layer of, well, not quite art, but, you know, of yeah. sort of intuition, economist intuition over over the top of it. So it's not like the economy is being driven by a model, but we, we use models to just keep track of all that complexity uh, that, that you're talking about there. So, yeah, it's well, awesome to just be in amongst those, people driving those tools. Yeah, totally. I mean, with those models as well, it's similar in the startup space anytime they're going to investor. Year three, always, funnily enough, looks like a hockey stick. Every time with that model on year number three, it's a hockey stick and they're going to the flipping moon. It's like, oh, geez. It's like, you know, like, come on, guys, let's get realistic with it. But I was actually trying to navigate that because, you know, when it comes to, you know, um, you know, the average Kiwi that's trying to understand all these different things, many of them wouldn't even understand how many different um, parts all plug into this big, uh, massive engine that yeah. is this this New Zealand economy yeah, so yeah. it's good to be able to kind of simplify it down um, you know for like Kiwis like yeah. myself to be like oh that's actually going to have an impact when it opens up to here yeah. and we're going to have all these tourists and oh that means we're going to be hiring more people back in part time work to do all these tourist stuff oh then they're going to be going to the bar and then they're going to be going to the accommodation then we're going to have transport and then we're going to you know it's just a lot and it, it's quite probably exciting because it feels like you're getting to start um, on day one as the world's kind of really opening back up into, you know, oh, in, no. in, the, in the month of May. It's, it's pretty exciting, perfect timing, right? Yeah, it's exciting time to be starting. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. I kind of I kind of see my job, you know, we've got all this data and we run it through models, which converts it into knowledge uh, that we use within the bank. And then the other sort of big part of my agenda over the coming months and, and years, uh, you know, as we've talked about, is to just pitch that to New Zealanders in, in a way that they do understand. And I've and, and that's not hard because people live in the economy, so they feel these forces acting on them. Uh, and all I've got to do is just, it's a translation job, really, just avoid economic jargon and just put it in a way that people understand. And often I, I just see, you know, light bulb moments going on all over the place once yeah. we do that. And then that just gets us all on the same page, you know, thinking collectively about where to from here and what can we do today to sort of uh, improve our, our sort of material well-being, our economic performance. Performance in, in the future, mm. so, and I think yeah. that it's you know when they say uh, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication, it's the same thing when there's like a million things and you can simplify it down to relatable, yeah. understandable, like a simple yeah. tweet of whatever. So it's like, oh, I get that. Dot dot dot. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome, man. Well, I'm I'm extremely uh, I'm honoured and proud. That this is your first interview ever. May it long and continue for, for for years to come. And I uh, best of luck for uh, for week number two. And I'm stoked you're in the mix. And um, well done, you man. Super stoked for. Yeah. Thanks, Rebecca. Appreciate it. Appreciate it very much. And good, good. Uh, your show's going great, mate. I'm, I'm loving listening to you. Said that after Our show. show. Our show's going great, Paul. <laughs> a little Our bit. show. I've got a little bit. Uh, All appreciate right. it, brother. All right. Okay. My man, Paul. Cheers, mate. Paul. See ya. Bye. Paul Conway from Conway's Corner, the now we can, we can stop saying incoming, we can finally say Chief Economist of the Reserve Bank of New Zealand. Really appreciate his time. We're super honoured and pumped as well that this is the first uh, his first ever interview. Decided to be with us here today, FM, Reet Live. Coming up after the break, we have Mr. Bruce Pilbara, one of the smartest, greatest humans around. It is 1.43 in Aotearoa, New Zealand, 6.43, coming up almost to the end of the show. Hope your Avo is going well wherever you're at. We'll see you in a sec. Bet live on today FM. There we go. One forty-six in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Six forty-six in San Francisco. Uh, been a really good show today. I've been um, very proud enough. 
Being Unit, I'm going to bring you in here for a sec, mate. I've been very stoked to be joined by uh, executive producer B Unit, aka Bryn. How are you, mate? Can you hear me? Yeah. There we go. I got you. I couldn't hear hey, you for wh- a second. <laughs> You've been crushing it today, mate. Just oh, want to give you, you some some public props. This has been this has been awesome. Have you been enjoying your um, first time rocking and rolling with me? I have been. I have. Been. It's had a good flow today, and I love your mm. selection of music, by the way, the hip hop R and B tracks. My wife would not agree with me, but um, you know, it's my show. She's not here, and I do whatever I want as long as she's not here. Uh, and I appreciate it, bro. Um, and up next, we are very stoked to be joined by the one and only Mr. Bruce Pilbrow, the CEO of Spirit of Adventure. How are you, brother? Hey, how you doing, man? You all good? All good, bro. I've I've come off like four days of scurvy and sickness, just fetal position, oh, no. death on the corner. It's been horrible. Oh, no. But I, I've geared up all week because I knew I had to be at like a hundy and, um, you know, the apple juices <laughs> have helped a little bit, but we're good. How's the weekend going? Are you still doing manual labour around the, the son's house? What are I you am. doing? Uh, we're painting. We're full on painting this house in Otahu and uh, it's looking great. I have, yeah, man, we're talented. We're a talented whanau. Give me a good old oh. paint. Yeah, looking well, good, man, you know. With, with those uh, five language, languages with the acts of service, I'm sure that, you know, the, the family, the wife is probably very extremely stoked on that. So be like, hey, well done, Bruce. Yeah. Well done. Well, I, I hit the bakery as well, which is always a good thing for everybody, isn't it? The bakery food you go. can't go down bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Okay, so I wanted to get into it for this uh, this week, Mr. Pearlbrow. Uh You've been married now for uh, 33 years, I believe. 30, no, 32, 32 this years. year, yeah. 33, 33 this year, yeah. yeah. No, you're right, you're right. Yeah, you're all good. Uh, uh, oh, th- yeah. thanks for seeing. Even I know your relationship numbers um, better than you. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> what, what I wanted to get into with you, and I, I talked to you about this a bit earlier, is I'd actually asked you this question a while ago, and I was, I was really keen for you to sort of um, share it out with others, was when you've been married for that long, and you go through phases of life. How many different versions of the of Bruce has your wife been with and been in love with? And I wanted to sort of start there for it. So I'll, I'll open the floor. <laughs> well, she she would probably say three, three or four. Um, you know, it's funny. Thirty-three years seems like a long time, but I mean, a lot of that time gets so taken up, you know, with children and you know, work and business and stuff like that. But um, if I think back to when I first got married. Uh, I was just a bit of a jerk, really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I had to be really honest, I was a bit of an arrogant sort of tosser. And um, and she remembers that and reminds me of that from time to time. But I was quite young, and, and I guess I had sort of – but we talked about this last week, right? You have these goals and these ambitions that, that yeah. you know, young guys do, and sometimes they're not realistic, and sometimes they're not sort of inclusive, you know? It's all about me. And um, so that's probably version one, and that took a bit of uh, sorting out, but um, – but she almost left me to be fair, uh, because I was just continuing to be that guy, and um, and I sort of had to wake up one day and go, "Geez, two years into marriage, I'm not sure if I want this to break apart. So what's going on here?" And have a bit of a hard look at myself. Um, and it takes two to tango. Don't get me wrong. I mean, she's not perfect either, but um, but you're either committed to it or you're not. I, and I think that mm. applies to anything in life, right? I mean, things sometimes it doesn't work, and that's cool. I, I respect that. Um, but if you can make it work, then it's worth it. You know, looking back from 33 years, definitely, definitely. Worth so the the transition from Bruce one to Bruce two, when you were the young alpha, let's go destroy the world and be the the rafa rah rah ego dude. To the second was the yeah. switch switching into who was Bruce number two, and was this a tipping point when you knew that you could lose lose her? 
Yeah, the 71 was that. I think, um, I mean, you know me pretty well, mate. I'm, I'm quite a driven type A personality. Um, and so it was quite interesting that at the time, uh, it was driving her nuts that I was so driven and, and really all she could see was, um, you know, elbows and heels. I'm just running ahead. Um, but that actually had an impact on my mental health as well because I just kept working myself to... Um, just to, to, you know, nubs end. I was working myself to exhaustion. And so then when that happened, other things started to happen. You start to drink more, you start to get a bit more aggressive. You know, these sorts of things happen to you as a young guy. And so it was kind of an ultimatum from here, but also um, a bit of a mental health uh, check-in as well that I wasn't doing that great uh, as a person. Um, and so whilst it was an ultimatum, it was done It was done from araha. It was done from love. And, um, and it really made me wake up and go, actually, I need to have a look at myself, not only for myself, but also for the person I've chosen to be married to. So yeah, version two, uh, a bit of counselling, a bit of sort out, sort of came into into a guy who's, okay, I'm into this, I'm going to commit to this, and, and I guess version two is we start to have children, right? Um, Fano time, yeah, I was going to say, alpha to Fano, right? Yeah, alpha to, yeah, nice, nice, nice segue. But man, it's, I mean, when you have kids in your life, boy, if anything's going to test you, um, that's going to test you, right? Um, as a human, you know, um, someone said to me uh, once upon a time when you had children, you'll never discover selfishness until you have a child, because uh, <laughs> a child will just demand your attention and time. And so, how do you find that balance as well? So I struggled with that a little bit too, to be fair, um, mm. and had to learn to grow up, I guess. Um, and that because was kind it's of not about you. Because as yeah. soon as it's 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 final turn, it's the selfishness. It's it's literally it is not about you you are from the alpha to the nothing because it's all about them right and so then you kind of go through that phase and so how did how did that morph from two to three and what's three so if it's one alpha two is whānau what's three three is when you get teenagers and they they get to the point where they say um, hey dad um you've been a bit of a jerk or uh, you can't say that anymore or you need to think about your, the way you think through these things, you know, especially when it comes around to diversity and inclusion. I learned so much from my children uh, in their teenage years and late teenage and early adult years where they, where they had a different view on society and the world, um, which was really refreshing, um, but also challenging at the same time. Because um, I'm, I'm only 53, but you kind of, it's amazing what you kind of get in the habit of thinking, your unconscious bias, all those sorts of things come out. And actually, it's that next, gen- next generation that start to challenge you. And I mean, you've got two girls, mate, you wait. I mean, they'll start to challenge you, challenge your thinking, uh, push you. And if you have a, a safe and open, ha- happy family life, mm. then it's actually really, really healthy and very, very cool. Uh, to go through that, but it's still a challenge, man. It's still a challenge, mm. you know. I get, um, I get it. So, so what would the um, in thirty three years? What's the biggest thing you've learnt about women <laughs> that you did not know oh, that you oh, now you. have learnt? <laughs> well, don't talk about cleavage is probably a good one. Um, <laughs> as we've seen in the media this week, um, I was going to ask you what was your take on that. Jeez, what? Yeah, look, oh, go. Me, Give me, give me a minute on that. Go. <laughs> well, the fact that he said uh, you can quote me really terrible, wasn't it? I mean, you know, why would you even go there? You know, it's just like that's mm-hmm. such antiquated view of life. I was reading this morning he had a seventy million drop in shares, and um, <laughs> yeah, good. Um, it's just such a shame, isn't it? That we're still thinking that way. You know, women still have to be thinking and worried and concerned that there are these sorts of people out there that still uh, view life that way. And um, mm. I was just disappointed, to be fair. I was disappointed for Nadia especially, but but for mm. just for humans in general, to be fair. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I can give you my children's version, uh, my young daughter's versions in their 20s, but there's too much language for the show. So I'm not going <laughs> well, to give it to you. Maybe not, not for us, but yeah, definitely pray for the show. But I... I <laughs> 
appreciate your time once again. I best of luck for the continued manual labour and your acts of service with your five uh, yeah, love languages with, with wife and the rest of it. Really appreciate your time. Um, you're the man, Brian. I'll talk to you soon, eh? Okay, pleasure. Cheers. Bye. Much love, brother. All right, that was uh, Uncle Bruce. Banter with Bruce, Mr. Bruce Pilbara, the CEO of uh, Spirit of Adventure and all own uh, good human indeed. All right, time to recap and see what we learned today. Uh, it is 1.54 in Aotearoa, New Zealand, 6.54 in San Francisco. We're almost done. Back in a sec. There we go. Coming to the end of the show, we really had a good day today. Finally back in action. Finally get back in. I'm really pumped. It's uh, 1.57 in Aotearoa, New Zealand. 6.57 here in uh, San Francisco. What do we learn today? We learned a few things. We learned you can't uh, you can't be CEO of a publicly listed company and say dumb stuff. We learned that. Uh, what else we learned? We've learned uh, you go through different phases, being married for 33 years. Get that. Then a whole bunch of new stuff. Um, I also wanted to give a shout out. I don't know if we've got a Ready B unit or not. No, we don't have it. Oh, I just want to give a shout out for the ad of the day. <laughs> Which, I don't know if you were listening to, was the Turner's ad that popped up halfway through the show. And it literally went, like, talking about cars. And this is not sponsored, by the way. I just thought it was so hilarious. And then it goes to some gnarly techno drum and bass thing, like I just popped my fifth molly at filming Burning Man or something. It was awesome. Um, before we finish, because we have Mother's Day coming up as well. Uh, tomorrow's Mother's Day. I love my mum. Um is my mum gave me this book, and in the book she gave me, um, it's got lots of little uh, different uh, quotes and bits and pieces, and one of them, which I thought I'd just pull out for today, I'd like to do it each week, but you know, I wanted to do it today. The one today, as a quote, says, think like a man of action, act like a man of thought. So there you go. Think like a man of action, act like a man of thought. You know who didn't act like a man of thought this week? Simon Henry, Muppet. This guy, he's got to come out and and, and, and address it. Um, coming up next on the show, we're going to have Mark Pierre going to be talking all things sport. Uh, it's been a really good show today. I appreciate it. Big ups to B-Unit, smashing it um, on the ones and twos. Uh, to all the uh, text crew that have come through, uh, really appreciate the insights and thoughts and giving different perspectives to all the guests. I want to say thank you so much for being part of this great thing that we're doing here. And, um, and that's it. Good show, good vibes, good times. Text your mum, text your mates, tell them you love them, say what's up, and I hope everything goes well for the rest of your weekend. This has been Rebecca Hollis for episode 309 on Today FM. Peace.